We're delighted today to have evangelist Ethan Hagen and his son Noah, as I mentioned. Brother Hagen has been evangelizing for uh, just about 21 years, full-time, traveling the country from coast to coast. Just this year and in the last two or three months, he's been from California to New York and all points in between. And uh, we're delighted to have him. It was unexpected, but he had told me he was in town preaching for a friend and taking a little time off. And then I imposed upon him to join us today and to come and preach the word. But uh, a man who loves God, a man who is committed and sold out completely. We were actually students together. Uh, I'm a little bit older than him, but students together at Gateway College. And then uh, he, I guess, was a student of mine as I became campus pastor and uh, probably one of the most dedicated and committed people I saw in my 17 years at Gateway College. And uh, God is going to do great things today. Would you welcome him as he comes to the pulpit today? If God has been good to you, can you... Lift up your voice with that hand clap. Hallelujah, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. You are so good to us, oh God. We thank you for your presence that we can feel right now. Amen. We love you, Jesus. We praise you here today. Amen. How many of you love your pastor and his wife and family? Oh, that's all right. Go ahead and clap your hands and thank the Lord for the pastor Blackburn and his wife. Love them so very much. Appreciate them and the opportunity to be here with you today. As he mentioned, we were students there. He was a senior my freshman year, just a little bit older. But he and his wife have always been godly Christian examples, somebody that I've always looked up to. And then when he became campus pastor and then one of my professors, that was a lot of fun my senior year. But I appreciate your pastor. You know, it's, it's said that it's a good thing when preachers are Christians. And... Uh, I'm thankful that your pastor and his wife are true, genuine Christians. It's not a show. It's not an act. They're not just putting on because they want people to come to the Cross Church. But that's how they've been ever since I've known them. And we've had a relationship for over 25 years. And I'm just so thankful for Pastor and Sister Blackburn, their son Anthony and daughter Anna, who sounded so tremendous here today. Amen. Can you clap your hands once again and thank the Lord for your pastor and his family? Amen. It is truly a joy for my son and I to be here today. Glad to have my, my bodyguard with me, Noah. He's Mr. Cool, and um, he's the man with the plan. 17 years of age. This is his senior year, but he's been traveling ever since he was in the belly. This is all he's ever known, but I'm glad that he's with me today. And it's just a joy and a privilege to be with you here at the Cross Church. Our, my family has prayed for this congregation ever since the beginning, the inception, and to see what the Lord has done and what he is doing, to see so many good-looking faces here today, and friendly people. I appreciate uh, the warm welcome that my son and I received when we walked through the doors. That's a sign of a good church, and I believe that God has great things for this local assembly. Amen. Whether you've been a part of this church for two years or you've been apart for just two months or two weeks, I want you to know that God has you here 
and he has great plans for your life, your talents, your abilities, amen, your life experience. God is going to use that, and I believe that the great, great, the greatest thing, the, the best days are yet to come. If you believe that, can you clap your hands unto the name of Jesus? I want to direct your attention to the book of Acts chapter 22, Acts chapter 22, verse number 16, if you have that on your Bible app or if you can see it on the screen, amen, Acts chapter 22, verse 16, I'm reading from the New King James Version here today, just one verse of scripture, the apostle Paul here in this chapter is sharing his testimony, his story, can I say to somebody here today that sharing your testimony, sharing your story is powerful. No matter what your background is, no matter what you've gone through in life, whatever God is doing in you right now is something that needs to be told to others. And it's powerful when you share your story. When you share your story, it's not only benefiting others, but it benefits you as well. Can I say it to somebody one more time here today that God wants to use your story for his glory? Here in Acts chapter 2, the Apostle Paul is sharing his story of how God changed his life. And he says in verse number 22, verse number 16, that when the person that came to share with him the gospel by the name of Ananias came and walked into the room where he was and told him about Jesus Christ and how he had saw the one true God manifested in flesh, he said these words to Saul who now we know as the Apostle Paul. He said, now, why are you waiting? Turn somebody and ask him, why are you waiting? He said, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Does anybody know what that name is? Can somebody say that name? He said, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Just for a few moments here today, I want to speak to you on this subject. Why wait any longer? Why wait any longer? One more time, can we ask the Lord to have his way in the remainder of this service? Can you just lift up your voice and ask God to speak to your heart today? In the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence, O God, that is here right now, Lord. We're asking that you'll pour your spirit out. Let it be more than just the words of a song, but let it happen. Let it transpire here even now, dear Lord. May we not wait to allow you to work, O oh God, in our midst. Amen. Let your spirit, dear God, change and transform. Let there be miracles, signs, and wonders. Uh, oh, Lord Jesus, may somebody commit to live for you. May somebody, amen, acts, amen, for forgiveness. May somebody be baptized in your name today. May somebody be filled with your spirit. Oh, God, may everybody be blessed uh, before we leave this house today. When we not fail to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. Can somebody shout in Jesus' name? One more time, can you clap your hands into the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus? Praise God. Praise God. Turn somebody across the way, wave at them really, really good, and tell them, you look great today. God bless you. You may be seated. I just want to ask a simple question uh, to kind of prepare the stage for what I believe God has given to me to speak to you today. And that question is simply this. What... Have you been waiting on the Lord to do in your life? What have you been waiting on God to do for you? What has the Lord promised you 
that hasn't come to pass yet. Because if God has made your promise, he's going to bring it to pass. It might not have come to pass yet, but it is going to happen because if God said it, he will do it. Amen. I said if God has spoken a promise to you, if he's given you a word, if he said he's going to do something in your life, in your family, in your finances, in your health, in your home, in your career, on your job, in your school, here at this church, whatever God has spoken, it is going to happen. Amen. The Bible gives us an understanding that God cannot lie. Turns about and tell them that God cannot lie. God cannot lie and his word never fails. When the word of the Lord goes back, it does not return void. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, just like the dew, amen, goes up and the rain comes down, so does the word of God, amen, accomplishes what he has intended for it to happen. However, that doesn't make waiting any easier or more comfortable. When God makes a promise, sometimes we have to wait, but we don't like to wait. We live in a culture that doesn't like to wait. The American culture wants everything now. Can somebody say now? But how do you know that waiting is a process? And sometimes you have to wait. The same is true when it comes to God and the things of God. You can't hurry God. You just have to wait. Like the old, the old song says, you have to trust him and give him time no matter how long it takes. Can I remind somebody here today that God is not a computer? He's not like the internet. He's not Google. He's way much better. God is not some Wi-Fi, 4G or 5G. He's only one. Amen. I said God is the only one true God and he is sovereign and he does things on his own time and at his own pace. Can I tell somebody here today that you have to remember that he created time but he exists outside of time. When God makes you a promise, it's not so much based on time as much as it is based on timing. I said it's not so much based on time as much as it is based on timing because when God is ready to bring to pass what he has promised you, what he has spoken to you based on his word, amen, it's in eternity. That promise that he has made you is in eternity. It has no expiration date on it. But when he is ready to bring it to pass, he will bring it to pass in time. That's why it's important to wait on the Lord. Turn to mind and tell him, wait on the Lord. It's important to wait on the Lord. You might not like the waiting process. I know I don't like the waiting process. It seems like yesterday when I was, uh, knowing when I was going to preach, I had taking time to study and to prepare, but when I began to make my way and after uh, the morning time of, of prayer and studying and I began to go about my, my daily, uh, you know, duties of, you know, running errands, going to get food for the family, going to get gas, it seems like the Lord tested me knowing when I was going to have to preach today. So when I went through the drive through to get my kids some fazolis, it took forever. I mean, when I drove up to the drive-thru, I mean, the lady asked me to wait, and so I waited for about five minutes, and then I said, <clears throat> you know how it is, you go through the drive-thru, you want to get their attention, you're like, oh. I even let my phone ring, and I said, excuse me, it's like, oh, just wait, I was like, oh, my so I waited for another three minutes, and it finally took my order, then I got up to the window, 
They took my money, asked me to move forward, and I waited for another 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, you're looking at somebody who does not like to wait. Amen. One of my besetting sins is being impatient. But I had to wait just to get my kids' food. I had to go get my wife's food. It took a long time. Amen. And then I went after I met with your pastor yesterday. I took up all of his time, yakking his ear off. I made him wait. And, um, but then I went to go get gas, and I kid you not, I'm typing in my, my rewards number because, you know, with the gas prices, you got to use that rewards number. You got to get every gallon, every cent you can get. And so I'm, I'm standing there, and I'm waiting and for my rewards to pop up, and it says, processing, please wait. And I said, you got to be kidding me. So I'm waiting there, and I'm waiting there. I'm thinking, you know what? They might not want to give me my little five cents off. I'm going to stay right here and wait. But then I became impatient. I said, I'll forget about it. Don't worry about it. I'll just pay the regular price. I go outside to pump my gas, put the nozzle in, and it says, wait a moment. (laughs) And I said, well, Lord, I get the, I I understand. I got to live the message before I preach the message. So I stood there waiting and waiting and waiting, and finally the gas began to pump. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about you, but I do not like to wait. I've been waiting on the Lord for a particular promise for 14 years, waiting on God. Somebody just this past Wednesday, I was speaking over in Blue Springs, and after service, an elder gentleman who's a retired minister, he's been involved in prison ministry for 27 years, but he came up to me and he gave me a word from the Lord. He said, Brother Hagen, I don't, I don't know you, but I feel to tell you this. And he began to remind me of a promise, not knowing that promise that God had given me some 14 years ago. And he began to speak that promise to me and said, the Lord has told me to tell you that he's about to open up the door. Don't try to force it open. Ladies and gentlemen, so I just got a word last Wednesday that my, my waiting period is about to end. But it's been 14 years And I haven't enjoyed waiting those 14 years, but I've learned something a long time ago that it's best best to wait on God. Amen. It is in your best interest to wait on the Lord. Turn somebody once again and tell them, wait on the Lord. Amen. It might sound cliche, but good things do come to those who wait on the Lord. That's why the Bible encourages us to wait on him. The psalmist David said, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Amen. That's somebody's word here today. Somebody, you've come to this service, and you've been wondering, are you going to get that promotion? You've been wondering, amen, should you move forward in that relationship? You've been wondering, what should I do financially? Should I make this, amen, decision? Amen. I come to tell somebody that the Lord is speaking to you here today to wait on the Lord. The prophet Isaiah wrote, that those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. If you will wait on the Lord, Jesus said, by your patience, possess your souls. That's all I could hear yesterday, standing at the gas pump. By your patience, possess your souls. Turn somebody and tell them, be patient. Can I remind somebody here today at the Cross Church that is through the process of waiting, that we receive the strength and endurance that will eventually lead us to possessing what God has promised us. So while you're waiting on the Lord, 
don't lose hope. I just come to encourage somebody here this morning, don't lose hope. While you're waiting on God, while you're in the process, you're trusting God to possess what he has promised you. Whatever you do, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't lose hope. Maybe you've been here only for a few weeks or a few months and you've been trying to give God a chance. You've been trying, amen, to allow things to change in your life. You've been trying to get your priorities straight and you believe that if you would do that, that things will happen for you quickly. Things will happen for you in a short amount of time. Can I tell somebody, it does not always happen that way. Just coming to church, just giving your life to God, saying, Lord, I'm going to live for you, does not necessarily mean that everything is going to be right. Everything is going to be great in your life. There's still going to be challenges. There's still going to be obstacles. There's still going to be hurdles that you have to overcome. But I come to tell somebody that if you would just keep on living for God, if you would just keep on being faithful, sometimes God does greater later. I said, sometimes God does greater later. Everybody wants, amen, the best things right up front, but sometimes the Lord saves the best for last. And if you can just keep on serving him, amen, somewhere down the line, amen, somewhere, amen, when you're least expecting it, amen, somewhere, amen, the next month, I feel to tell somebody in this place, amen, that you're going to see some promises come to pass in the month of September. You're not even going to be, you're going to forget the word that even came forth today, but in the month of September, somebody is going to receive a promise, amen, God has spoken to you. You come to God and he said, I'm going to do this for you. For you and you've been waiting for it to happen uh, but I come to tell you uh, amen on the day that you don't even expect it, it is going uh, to happen in your life because you're waiting on the Lord uh, you're trusting in him God has not forgotten you he knows uh, your name he knows uh, your situation somebody in this place your heart has been broken uh, your heart has been torn apart but I come to tell you in this place uh, that God's about to take that broken heart uh, he's about to mend it the pastor didn't tell me anything uh, but I come to let you know right now that God is able to promote you. Amen. I come to let somebody know in this place uh, that you cannot outgive God. Uh, somebody made an investment by faith uh, and you said, Lord, here it is. Uh, I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to try to do this Christian thing. And now, amen, you're trusting in God. You're saying, Lord, look at the economy. Look at inflation. Look at gas prices. Look at food prices. But I come to tell you uh, that God is going to honor your commitment. He's going to honor your faithfulness. Uh, you just keep on trusting the Lord. You just keep up, keep on having hope. Just keep on being faithful, and God is going to bless you. You cannot outgive God. You cannot outdo God. You can't outgod God. He's the one true God, and He loves you, and He's going to take care of you, and He's going to provide for you. And he, I, I believe that God is going to do some miracles in this church because you're just simply having hope and believing it. Does anybody believe that here today? Can you clap your hands and say, God, I receive it. God, I receive it. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Turn to mind, tell them, don't lose hope. Amen. Hope helps you to remain focused on what you believe God is going to do for you, although you don't see it yet. Let me say that again. Hope helps you to remain focused on what you believe God is going to do for you, even though you have not seen it yet. The Apostle Paul wrote that if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So you need to declare like the psalmist did in Psalms 130 and verse number 5. 
Amen. When he said, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I do hope. Does anybody trust the Lord here today? Does anybody trust his word here today? Hallelujah. Amen. I come to tell you that if you will trust his word, then you have hope. And if you have hope, you can rest assured that God is going to fulfill his promise in your life. Oh, can we just lift up our hands for a moment? That's just a sign of surrender. The Lord, I believe, amen, I'm trusting you. I put, amen, my life, my future, my plans in your hands, oh God. Oh Lord, I have hope today because I trust in your word. And I believe that you're going to bring it to pass. Praise God. It's important that you wait on the Lord. Turn somebody one more time and tell them, wait on the Lord. It is important to wait on the Lord. But can I tell somebody here today, can I tell somebody who is watching online that when it comes to God getting ready to bring to pass in your life what he has promised you, you don't have to wait any longer. I said when God is ready to bring to pass his promise in your life, you don't have to wait any longer. You can receive what God has promised you. Turn to and tell him you can receive it. I say you can receive what God has promised you. This is true when it comes to the salvation of your soul. When it comes to the salvation of your well-being. I come to tell somebody that when it comes to salvation, you don't have to wait. I said when it comes to being forgiven. When it comes to having your sins washed away, your past, your mistakes. uh, When it comes to receiving the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit, you don't have to wait. Amen. I've come to remind somebody here today, you don't get good to get God. You get God to get good. Amen. You can never measure up. All of us fall short of the glory of God. Amen. Pastor Blackburn would tell you no longer, no, no, no matter how long he has been involved in ministry. Amen. He would tell you himself that he falls short. Now, I think Sister Blackburn is, is pretty close to perfection. I think she's up there. Amen. My wife would say that. Amen. But, but Pastor Blackburn and I would be honest and say, amen, we don't always measure up, but nobody does. Amen. That's why we need the grace of God. That's why we need the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why we need the mercy of Almighty God. We cannot make it by ourselves, but because of what Jesus did on the cross. Can I just preach the cross at the cross church here today? I said, can I preach the cross at the cross church here today? Because of the work that Jesus Christ did when he died on the cross, when he took, amen, those stripes on his back, those nails in his hands and his feet, amen, that crown of thorns on his head, when he was pierced in his side because he gave his sinless, innocent life, because he was buried and came alive again on the third day, because, amen, Jesus Christ is resurrected, you can receive salvation today. Can somebody shout today? Can somebody shout again today? Amen. The Bible gives us an understanding that today is the day of salvation. Amen. Right now, today is the day of God's favor. Now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. If you will place your faith in who Jesus is and what he did for you, I come to let somebody know here today that you can be forgiven. You can be water baptized in the only saving name of Jesus. And you can be filled with the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit today. Amen. I said you can receive it today. This is what Ananias told Saul in the verses of scripture that we read. 
the Apostle Paul, whose original name was Saul, was dramatically changed when he received a revelation of who Jesus was. Can I just stop right here and say that receiving a revelation of who Jesus is should lead to life transformation. I said, when you come to know who Jesus really is, it should change your life. It should change my life. Has, has Jesus changed anybody's life here today? Praise God. In Acts chapter 22, the chapter that we read from, Paul shares his conversion story. We also read about his conversion in Acts chapter 9. But here in chapter 22, Paul stated that while he was on his way to persecute disciples of the Lord who lived in Damascus series, he was so serious about persecuting Christians that he made his way all the way to Damascus. The Bible says, Paul sharing his story says, suddenly a great light from heaven shone round about me. And I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So he answered, who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. Now, for Paul or Saul, when he was called Saul, he was a devout Jew. He was a one God believer. He believed in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They had had such reverence for the name of God that they had lost the pronunciation of God's name. And so they were just simply calling him Adonai or Lord. So whenever, amen, that light began to shine from heaven and Saul was knocked off of his horse, his high horse. And when he asked, who are you, Lord? I mean, he was having a crisis. He was like, okay, the light is shining from heaven. It's asking me why you're persecuting me. And I'm thinking I'm doing your will. I think I'm doing your bidding, God. I mean, who are you, Lord? I thought I knew you. He was, he was speaking to the one true God. He wasn't just saying, who are you, sir? I mean, I, mean, I need you to turn down your headlights. They're just too bright for me. That, that's not what he was saying. He was saying, who are you, Lord? Who are you, God? I thought I knew you. But the Lord responded and said, I am Jesus of Nazareth. In other words, I'm the one who manifested himself in flesh. Amen. The person of Jesus Christ. I'm the one that you have been persecuting. You're not just, amen, sending husbands and wives and tearing them apart. You're not just taking moms and dads from their kids and, and, and young children who are believers away from their parents, but you are persecuting me. So Paul continued on to say, he said, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to him, arise and go into Damascus. And there you will be told all things which are appointed for you to do. So the Bible tells us that, that Saul, who later became known as Paul, did just that. He went on to Damascus. But instead of persecuting anybody, he was blinded by that light. He was led by his entourage that was traveling with him. And there he began to wait. And while he was waiting, the Lord began to deal with the faithful follower of Christ by the name of Ananias. The Bible tells us that the Lord sent Ananias to Saul. And this is what he said to him. Amen. Paul himself sharing his testimony once again here in Acts 22. He says that Ananias was a devout man according to the law. He had a good testimony with all the Jews who dwelt there. But he came to me and he stood and said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And that same hour I looked up at him. Then he said, the God of our fathers has chosen you 
that you should know his will and see the righteous one and hear the voice of his mouth. For you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. And now, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Amen. When Ananias came and shared with him the gospel, let him know that God had a plan for his life. Can I say like Ananias to somebody here today that God has a plan for your life? He wants you to know that plan. And he wants you to do what he desires for you to do because he's going to do great things through your life. I said God's going to do great things through the individuals that are part of the Cross Church here in Metro Kansas City. If you believe that, can you say amen? And then when he's, amen, finished telling, amen, Saul, that God has a plan for his life, he said, what are you waiting for? Arise and be baptized. Wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, records in Acts chapter 9 that when Ananias came to Damascus to share the good news about Jesus Christ with Saul and the plan of salvation with him, he also said these words in Acts 9, verse number 17. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Turn somebody and tell them the Lord wants to fill you with his spirit. Amen. It's not just arise and be baptized. Amen. Your sins being washed away when the name of Jesus is called over your life. Amen. But Ananias also told Saul, the Lord wants you to be filled with his Holy Spirit. He wants you to receive the free gift of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that when Ananias laid hands on him, that immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales. And he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. Amen. The Bible says as soon as he received his physical light, his physical sight, and his spiritual sight, that he arose and he was baptized. He was not just baptized in water, but he was also baptized in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. We can know that he received the gift of the Holy Ghost as well as being water baptized because Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse number 18 that he speaks in tongues. Ladies and gentlemen, the great apostle Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament spoke in other tongues. Can I tell somebody one more time that when it comes to your salvation, you don't have to wait. I said when it comes to your salvation, Amen. When you hear the good news about Jesus Christ, uh, that he died so that you can be forgiven, that he came alive again so that you can be empowered by his spirit, that you can take on his name in the waters of baptism. You don't have to wait till next week. Uh, you don't have to wait till next month. Uh, you don't have to wait till next year. You can receive salvation today. I was preaching a couple weeks ago in Jefferson City, Missouri, there in the capital. In that revival, there was a man who was there who had been clean from cocaine for a year. God did a wonderful work in his life. He was, had a horrible addiction, but he came to that, that church there, and God began to work, and thankfully the pastor who had come out of the drug culture was able to work with him, and there are those in that church who are not judgmental, and they helped him during his times of struggles, and for a whole year, he was clean. He had already asked God to forgive him, He'd already been baptized in water in Jesus' name. But he did not believe that he could receive the Holy Spirit because he had did drugs in his past. 
because he had did things to, to satisfy his craving and his addiction. But I remember, amen, on that Saturday night, that when the word of the Lord came forth, amen, that God can feel with his spirit, that you don't get good to get God, but you get God to get good, that you don't have to wait, that God can do. I wasn't preaching this message. I was preaching something totally different, amen, but I had made that statement that I made today, amen, that God can do it for you. That man, before the preaching was over, made his way down to the front, amen, at the altar. He lifted up his hands. His pastor came and prayed with him. And I'm happy to tell you that God filled him with the Holy Spirit. And he began to speak in another language as the Spirit of God gave him the ability. I come to tell somebody that if God can do it for a man who's been clean of cocaine, he can do it for anybody. I said, if God can do it for me, he can do it for anybody. How come to let somebody know in this place, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be a member of the cross church for X amount of years before you can receive it. There used to be a teaching that you have to tarry in the altar for that. That was incorrect teaching. Ladies and gentlemen, I come to remind somebody that ever since the day of Pentecost, nobody has had to wait 10 days. They had to wait 10 days in the upper room. But when the day of Pentecost came, when the spirit of God was poured out, they didn't have to wait any longer. The Bible says in Acts chapter 8, the Samaritan believers had to wait for Peter and John to come, but it wasn't 10 days. But when Peter and John arrived to open up the door to the Samaritans, God filled them with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Acts chapter 10, where the Gentile believers, amen, came to believe the word of God. They had to wait for Peter to arrive, but it wasn't 10 days. But once Peter got there, and once Peter began to preach, amen, the gospel, the Holy Ghost fell before Peter even finished preaching, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost uh, and began to speak in tongues. I come to tell somebody that ever since the Spirit of God has been poured out on the day of Pentecost, you don't have to wait. If you believe, you can receive. I said, if you will turn to God, if you were asking for forgiveness, uh, you can be baptized in Jesus' name today, and you can be filled with the wonderful gift uh, of the Holy Spirit. If you believe that, can somebody clap your hands, uh, and can somebody shout amen? amen? Can we stand all over this house? Amen. Can I say it one more time? You don't have to wait to be forgiven. You don't have to wait to be filled with his spirit. You don't have to wait to be baptized in Jesus' name, uh, but you can do so today. Can somebody shout today? When Saul, who became known as the great apostle Paul, heard the good news and was asked the question, why are you waiting? He had a choice to make. He could either sit there and continue to wait or he can arise and be baptized. The good news is when he heard that there was no longer a wait, the Bible says that he arose and was baptized. So I come to ask somebody here this morning, what's keeping you from being baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ? What's keeping you from having your sins washed away? I'm not saying that God hasn't done a work in your life already. When a person turns to God and they come to an altar of repentance and they ask God to forgive them, amen, he does just that. But the word forgiveness is two parts. When you come to altar repentance and ask God to forgive you, there's no doubt an experience that you have with God. People feel clean. They feel a release, that heaviness of guilt. Because what happens at an altar repentance is that God pardons your sins. He says, I pardon you for what you've done in your past, your mistakes, your wrongdoing. I pardon you. 
But ladies and gentlemen, just because your sins are pardoned does not mean that they are remitted or removed. They still have to be washed away. You might feel a release at the altar of repentance, but there still has to be remission. It's just like a child. If there's anybody that's a parent here, and no doubt you've had a child had his cup, you know, before they had the non, you know, non-spill sippy cups. You know, sometimes those non-spill sippy cups still spill out. But if you ever have a child that has some Kool-Aid or Capri Sun or Sprite, Coke, or whatever, and they make a mistake and they spill that on your nice carpet, and they come to you and they say, Mom, Dad, I'm sorry. Will you please forgive me? Any good parent will say to their child, I forgive you. I know you spill that and stain my nice carpet, my nice rug, but I forgive you. But ladies and gentlemen, just because you as a good parent forgive your child does not mean that the stain is gone. There's still a stain that's got to be removed. And so just saying to your child, I forgive you, does not remove the stain. So what that parent has to do is they have to go get some stain remover. They got to get down and they got to get that stain out of there. Amen. That's what happens when you're baptized. At the altar of repentance, the Lord pardons you. But when you're baptized in water, in the name of Jesus, it's more than just getting wet. It's more than just about joining a church. But when you go down in water in that name, that only saving name, when it's called over your life by the minister. Amen. When you, amen, by faith, call on that name and you go down in water, amen, in Jesus' name, the blood that he shed 2,000 years ago is activated to remove the stain of sin. Amen. It's activated to wash away every sin that you've ever committed. That's why being baptized is not an option. You would never find an unbaptized believer in the book of Acts. That's only a man-made doctrine that came later as a result of convenience in Christianity. But baptism is a part of the plan of salvation. And whenever you're ready, amen, you must, you must first ask God to forgive you. Because your baptism doesn't mean anything if you don't ask God to forgive you. But if you have turned to God, you can be forgiven. Amen. Not just pardoned, but your sins can be totally washed away. And here's the good news. God has promised that he will fill you with his spirit. Amen. Matter of fact, amen, God is so good he can fill you with his spirit even before you're baptized. There are many people who have been baptized in the spirit before being baptized in water in the name of Jesus. But if you believe, you can receive. So I ask somebody, what is keeping you from being baptized today? What's keeping you from being baptized in water in Jesus' name? What's keeping you from being baptized in the Holy Spirit? Amen. If you can simply believe, I come to let you know that you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you today can simply believe, you can be baptized in the only saving name of Jesus Christ. Does anybody believe that Jesus Christ is your Savior? Does anybody believe that he is your Savior? I come to ask you, why wait any longer? Arise and be baptized, washing away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Can somebody Lift up your hands and can somebody begin to call on the name of the Lord today? That's it in your own way. Just simply speak his name no matter how loud you say it. It's how sincere you say it. Can somebody speak his name with faith? Can somebody tell the Lord, I trust you, Jesus. I believe that you are my Savior. You are the one who died on the cross and came alive again so I can be forgiven. So my sins can be washed away. My mistakes, my past 
can be erased by the power of your love, by the power of your blood, by the power of your name. Amen. I trust you, Lord. Hallelujah. That's it all over this house. If you've not yet received the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, can you just ask the Lord to fill you with this spirit? Can somebody just ask the Lord, Lord, I want to receive your spirit today. I heard the word of God. I heard from the scriptures that tell me that I don't have to wait until I'm perfect. I don't have to wait until I'm just right. If I trust in you, if I believe in you, I can receive your spirit. I ask you, Lord, to fill me with your spirit today. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Before I turn this back over to your pastor, I would be remiss if I did not give somebody a chance like Ananias gave Saul a chance. I would be remiss if I did not give somebody the opportunity like Ananias gave Paul when he said, you can come. You can get up from where you are and you can receive what God has for you. So I want to say the same thing like Ananias. If there is anybody here today that you have not yet received an understanding of who Jesus really is, and you would like to know him better. I'm going to open up this front in just a moment for you to come. If you would like to know Jesus, if you would like to see him, amen, in a greater light, I'm going to open up this front for you to come and pray, amen, so you can get closer. This is what coming to church is all about, amen. It's more than just coming to a building, but it's an opportunity for us to grow, to draw closer, to, to grow closer to God. And if that's your desire today, I'm going to open up the front for you to come and to draw closer to God. If you are here today and you've not yet been baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, I want you to know that it's more than just about joining the cross church. It's about eternity. Amen. It's about your salvation. And I've come to let you know here today that you don't have to wait. If you would ask God to forgive you, if you would trust that he is your savior, you can be baptized in the name of Jesus. Has anybody been baptized in that wonderful name? Has anybody been baptized in that only saving name? Can you just be a testimony to somebody else? Amen. If you are here today and you've not yet received the precious gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, that is speaking in another language that you've never learned before, I want you to know that God desires to do that for you. Amen. I come to tell you right now what's amazing to me you know what's amazing to me is that when Ananias came in and he saw Saul, he didn't come and say, Saul, you persecuted my family. You took my grandma off to jail. You took my best, you took my play cousin off to jail. No, no, no. That's not what he did. He didn't come up and bring up the mistakes of Saul and say, I know what you've done. Been living that way. Been doing that lifestyle. Nobody's, that's not what he did. But when he saw him, he said, Brother Saul, what's your name? EJ. EJ, you came in at the right time. I needed an illustration. He said, Brother EJ. He didn't say, EJ, you've done this and that and that. No. He said, Brother EJ. Amen. Ananias looked at Saul and he said, Brother Saul, God's got a plan for you. God's got something great in your life. EJ, God's got something great in your life. Can I tell everybody here today? God's got something. Can I tell the young people here today? God has something great in your life. For you to be here on a Sunday in the midst of a generation that doesn't even believe in going to church anymore. Does that even, they question where the, for young people, young adults to be here today, I commend you. And I come to tell every young person, every young adult, God has something great for you. I say God has something great for you. So if you are here today and you've never received the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit, 
the presence of God is here right now. Amen. Can I say one more time? You don't have to wait any longer. Praise God. The Bible tells us Jesus gave a parable. He spoke about those who labored in his vineyard. And they were given a contract how much they were going to be paid. But then the hour began to get late. It was almost midnight. And the Bible tells us that the owner of that vineyard went out and found some people to come and work in his vineyard. And he told them, I'm going to pay you the same amount of those who've been working a long time. Some of those who've been working a long time got upset. But the owner of the vineyard said, this is my vineyard. I'm providing you with employment. You're getting paid, aren't you? The hour is late. It's almost time when nobody can work. And so I've hired these on to help me. And they're going to be paid the same amount. I come to tell somebody that whether you've been here for the whole service or you just walked in like EJ, I come to let you know that God wants to do something for you. Amen. If you've been living for God, amen, for all of your life, or you've just been coming for just the last few weeks or months, I come to tell you that the hour is getting late. Jesus is soon to return with everything that's going on in our world, not just in our country, but with everything that's going on in our world, Ukraine, amen, everything that's going on in Taiwan, ladies and gentlemen, everything that's happening in Israel is all letting us know that Jesus is coming soon. And in this last hour, he needs all hands on deck. So whether you know the Bible or whether you don't even know, amen, where the book of, of Ecclesiastes is. Oh, I, hard time finding Ecclesiastes myself. You might not even know where the book of Acts is. And that's what we preach from all the time, it seems like, in the Pentecostal church. But yet, amen, the truth of the matter is that it doesn't matter if you know how to pray an hour or you're just trying to pray for two minutes. I come to let you know that the Lord needs you. He needs all hands on deck. Once again, can we lift up our hands? And I'm going to open up this front for anybody that wants to come and draw closer to God. I'm going to open up this front for anybody that wants to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to open up this front for anybody that would like to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come on, somebody lift up your voice right now. Somebody help me pray. Just like somebody prayed for you, somebody begin to pray that God would do a work. That's it. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your love, dear God, that we can feel today. We thank you for your presence that is at work in our midst right now, Lord. You're dealing with hearts and minds to those that want to draw closer to you. We're asking, oh God, that you will help us to see you in a greater light. Oh Lord, like Saul that day, hallelujah, that saw your glory. Show us your glory, oh God.